This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Katie Balls and I'm joined by Isabel Hardman and James Forsyth and we've just had Prime Minister's questions. I think it's fair to say after quite a torrid few weeks for the Prime Minister, there was quite a lot of pressure in advance of this Prime Minister's questions given last week's was approaching disastrous. Isabel, did the Prime Minister deliver? I think he was more confident than last week, not least because he didn't have this cold that uh, really took a lot of his energy away last week. But he also didn't come away from the session looking any more authoritative. In fact, it was quite obvious that there had been uh, quite a bit of work to get as many Conservative MPs in the chamber as possible, because last week the support seemed quite sparse, and uh, to get those MPs making supportive noises as the Prime Minister spoke. And that looked quite defensive, possibly not in a good way. I mean, it's great that they you know, agreed to turn up, because uh, you know when a Prime Minister is in real trouble, when, the, when they ignore the whip's instructions... But Sir Keir Starmer had a lot of fertile ground and he did actually, I think, in this instance, make the most of it. He had some really good lines. He uh, asked the Prime Minister halfway through, is everything okay, Prime Minister? But he also shot back when Boris Johnson was defending his social care reforms by saying, from his description of the social care reforms, it actually sounded like the broken system he was claiming to fix. And joking that, oh, the Tory MPs have have decided to turn up this week. Various other lines that he clearly had prepared in advance, such as saying that the current Downing Street approach was uh, like a Covent Garden pickpocketing operation where the PM was charming people while the Chancellor took the money out of their pockets. So it was an effective session for the Labour leader. I wouldn't say that Boris Johnson came away from it with more troubles, but he certainly didn't have fewer at the end. James, last week it was notable you know, how much green was on show behind Boris Johnson in terms of the turnout, but there seemed to be a concerted effort this time to actually make some noise, maybe too much noise. Yeah, I think as Isabel said, there were more Tory MPs today. There was more noise... Boris Johnson has some better rejoinders. But I also thought today was interesting because, and it's a sign of a kind of change political dynamic. I think this was the first time I've really seen Keir Starmer enjoy PMQs. He kept going after Boris Johnson on the details of a social care policy, whether Boris Johnson can guarantee that no one would have to sell their house to pay for care, kind of seizing on the fact that, that Boris Johnson's ambitions on this front seem to have been slightly downgraded. And then he went after him about all the troubles that Boris Johnson has been having with his own party. And I thought sometimes Keir Starmer doesn't look like he's relishing it. Today I thought Keir Starmer looked like he was actually really enjoying himself. And that, that is a sign of a kind of shifted political mood. But I thought the key thing for Boris Johnson was to kind of keep his temper and not to look ratty or rattled and also not to kind of lose his place. And he managed to do those things. But I think this issue of the social care policy is going to keep coming back because politically it is one thing to say to Tories, yes, okay, we raise taxes, but we raise taxes to fix social care. I think it's quite another to say we raise taxes to make some incremental improvements to the social care financing system. Isabel, so from today's performance, have we concluded that Boris Johnson is okay? 
I think he still has a lot of work to do, not least based on the stories which seem to be continuing to be briefed from the Treasury about the dysfunction of the Downing Street operation to various newspapers. And that, as well as the row of the social care cap, as James said, is not going to go away because the social care cap is now moving up in the health and care bill to the House of Lords, where peers are going to have a good go at it, but also it will then come back to the Commons for its final stage. And there are a number of MPs who are very unhappy about that and there doesn't seem to be very much evidence that there's going to be a rapprochement between the Downing Street and Treasury operations unless Boris Johnson has a shake-up of his team. Do you think that's about to happen James? I don't think so and I think one of the other big questions that didn't really come up at PMQs today which lots of Tory MPs and ministers whatever they think of Boris Johnson's performance are agreed on is that this small boats crisis in the channel is, is really hurting the Tories you see immigration steadily moving up the YouGov issues tracker index it is remarkable to my mind that you've had two new daily records for migrants crossing set in November you wouldn't have expected this to be the month when they were set, you'd expect it to come in the better weather of a summer. And so I suppose one of the questions is whether winter does ease some of the pressure on that. Because I think you can see from how concerned Tory MPs are about Nigel Farage's kind of toe dangling in the water about, oh, maybe I should make a political comeback based around this issue, of the dangers that this poses to a Tory's right flank. And I think one of the, it's worth remembering that one of the reasons why the Tories and Labour are essentially level pegging in the polls is but there is no big party to the Tories right while Labour had the Greens and Lib Dems you know taking a kind of substantial chunk of that centre-left vote. And Isabel, the other story that's garnering lots of attention today relates to Stella Creasy. Um, She's been given a ticking off after she appeared in the chamber with her newborn child. What are the dynamics around this? Because technically, this is against the rules, but we've had the Prime Minister's spokesperson come out today and suggest that the Prime Minister potentially does back you being allowed. So could we be about to see a rule change? So there's a very complex background to this, which is that Stella Creasy is effectively bringing her young baby, I think he's about three months old, into Parliament as part of a big and it sounds like extremely exhausting protest against the parliamentary authorities' refusal to give her proper maternity cover so that she could take time off properly as an MP. When she had her first child a couple of years ago, she was given a locum MP to do the constituency work, but not cover for the parliamentary duties such as speaking in the chamber. She was obviously able to have a vote cast through a proxy, but that would involve her instructing the proxy on what needed to be done. So she didn't feel that her constituents were being properly represented when she was on maternity leave. So she is effectively trying to highlight how unfair this is by dragging herself in every day to speak in the chamber with her son strapped in a baby carrier around her front and so there's that there's also the fact that she's very upset with her fellow female Labour MPs who she has accused of blocking this campaign because they didn't feel it was the battle to pick and so there's a sort of there's a rift in the sisterhood there over that she received an email as you said complaining that she'd taken her son into I think it was Westminster Hall and was speaking with him in the baby carrier and that this was against the rules 
Labour MPs who I've spoken to this morning, Labour MPs who are mothers, are blaming this on Eleanor Lang, the Conservative Deputy Speaker who is Chair of Ways and Means and therefore responsible for such a rule. And we've now had the Speaker, Lindsay Hoyle, has said that there should be a review of whether MPs can bring their babies into the chamber. Now, alongside all of this, and I'm sorry, I I know I'm going on at some length, a lot of people are responding saying, look, you know, women can't take their babies into most workplaces. Indeed, most women wouldn't want to take their babies into workplaces. But I think it's worth remembering that Stella Creasy isn't really protesting about that. She's protesting about the lack of maternity cover and that she's basically between a rock and a hard place because she hasn't got maternity cover. So what's she going to do with her child? Actually, her child is too young for the Commons nursery at the moment. I think it's fair to say that talking to a lot of Labour MPs, that it's not just her opponents who she's alienating, that there are a lot of women, particularly Labour mothers, who feel as though they are being shown up for not speaking in the chamber with a baby strapped around them, when most of them at that stage of having a child couldn't remember their own first name and were struggling to walk. So I think that Creasy always acts as a bit of a sort of um, a lone operator. And I think in, in this instance, she is doing that again. So it's a very complicated issue. It does highlight, however, that it is extremely hard to be a mother and an MP. Thank you, Isabel. Thank you, James. And thank you for listening. And while we have you here, do sign up to the Evening Blend, penned by Isabel each evening. Clues in the name. Just go to www.spectator.co.uk forward slash blend. Subscribe to The Spectator in our flash sale and you'll get 12 weeks of the magazine in print and online for just £12. Not only that, but we'll also send you a bottle of Johnny Walker Black Label Scotch Whiskey absolutely free. Hurry though, as this offer ends on Monday. Go to spectator.co.uk forward slash sale.